Good evening. This is Michael Mackey at the East Hampton Library Authors Night 2023 with Rachel L. Swarns. Rachel is the author of The 272, The Families Who Were Enslaved and Sold to Build the American Catholic Church. Good evening, Rachel. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. Rachel, when you first reported on this story in the New York Times seven years ago, my gut reaction as a born and raised Roman Catholic, as you are, was a punch to the stomach. It really was uncomfortable and I was deeply disappointed and much shame on Georgetown and Georgetown University. But I thought it was a distant event. Like this took place in, in Maryland and, and my uh, Catholic forefathers, they're from Brooklyn and Queens and I was born and raised on Long Island. So my immediate reaction was that it was as if it had happened in Canada or, or Portugal or Ireland. Then I remembered when I was six, seven, eight, nine years old, one of the books I carried around with me all the time was the Baltimore Catechism. I read it, I studied it, and memorized it. And I realized the distance from Maryland to New York isn't very far. Tell us about the experience in Maryland and, uh, and what happened on that November day in 1838. Right, I always like to tell people about this sale, this 1838 sale of the 272. And if you had been standing on the docks in Arlington, Virginia that day, you would have seen them. Scores of people being loaded onto a ship, forcibly loaded. There were elderly people, husbands and wives, children, and they were all enslaved African-Americans who were being sold and shipped down south, far from the people they knew and the world that they loved. And they had been owned and enslaved and sold by some of the nation's most prominent Catholic priests who happened to be among the largest slaveholders in Maryland. And when times got tough, these priests did what a lot of people did. They sold off their assets, 272 men, women, and children to save their prized mission project, the college we know now as Georgetown University. And what I realized, just like you did, was that it wasn't just Georgetown, but these priests relied on slavery to build the very underpinnings of the Catholic Church. So the first archdiocese in Maryland, first archdiocese in the United States, based in Maryland, the first Catholic institution of higher learning, Georgetown, the first cathedral, priests who operated a plantation and sold people, established the first seminary. So this was foundational for the Catholic Church. And the money that was raised in Maryland through their assets, the, the slaves that they owned and sold, helped to fund operations in the Catholic Church further north. That's right. And so one of the things that the priests hoped to do with that sale, save Georgetown, yes, but also to finance and establish colleges up north. And some colleges got direct money from these priests, Holy Cross in Massachusetts, Loyola University, Maryland. And these priests also provided faculty and training to Boston College, Fordham, St. Joseph's in Philadelphia, and Santa Clara in California. One thing I learned from your book I hadn't realized before was that slavery, as bad as it was in Maryland, was even worse in the South. It was a brutal experience for the enslaved. Tell us a bit more about that. That was one of the really horrible things about this story is that these priests were selling people to, um, and they knew that they were selling people to the harshest slavery regime in the country. Uh, 
sugarcane plantations, cotton plantations, really, really brutal labor. And the enslaved people were terrified, and the priests knew that they were. Now, some of the priests were against the, the, the selling of human beings, human beings, human souls, but they all had a paternalistic attitude, even the best of them, that it was okay to own the slaves, but selling them and breaking up their families wasn't right. It, it, once again, it's very disappointing to be reading all this, but I think that knowledge is truth. You're born and raised Catholic, and you're still a practicing Catholic. How could you, through all this research and writing, remain a Roman Catholic? Well, you're right. So I'm doing all this research, going through these documents, describing families torn apart um, by the Catholic Church, and I am a practicing Catholic. I'm doing this work as I'm going to Mass. Um, but one of the things that I found was that this story was also inspiring. It's a story of heartbreak for sure, but it's also a story about family and love and faith. And a lot of these families, even though they were betrayed by the church, remained Catholic after the Civil War. Not only did they remain Catholic, but they became, many of them, lay leaders, some religious leaders, and they moved to make the church more reflective of and responsive to the black Catholics and their flock. Because, of course, the 272 who were sold had descendants, and they're with us today. This is a microcosm of a greater issue. How do we wrong, how do we take the wrongs from the past and right them in the present? Do you have any thoughts about that and how this is being dealt with in Georgetown? Well, I can certainly tell you that Georgetown and the Jesuits have worked to address this history. Um, Georgetown and the Jesuits both apologized. Georgetown has set up a fund raising $400,000 a year, which they are using to finance projects to help the descendant communities. And the Catholic Church, the Jesuits, have partnered with descendants and vowed to raise $100 million um, to support Jesu um, descendant projects and racial re reconciliation projects. It's still slow going, that fundraising. Um, and do some descendants are, think they need to do more, but those are the steps that have been taken so far. Of course, your book is more than a historical narrative. It's a personal tracing of the 272 descendants from 1838 to 2022. So, Ms. Warnes, thank you very much for joining us this evening. We look to talk more in the future, and we look forward to future books. Thank you so much. Thank you. This is Michael Mackey at the East Hampton Library's Authors' Night 2023.